Foodie Films is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Hey there, foodies, and welcome back to another episode of Foodie Films. Of course, this is your host, your chef de cinema cuisine, Kyle Reinfried. What's going on? What's happening? How are you? What are you foodies up to? I hope you're staying safe and healthy. Uh, I think the whole country, and for you, and for well, you know what? And for those international listeners, I hope you're doing well uh, too, and I hope your country's better off than the u.s right now because numbers are spiking yet again but that's not what we're here to talk about but i i I do hope that all you foodies and your friends and families are safe and healthy uh but i hope you're you know i hope you're getting ready for turkey day and that's you know something well here in the states you know thanksgiving i think you guys got one up in canada as well hey uh international listeners since i already gave you a little shout out do you guys have some kind of Thanksgiving equivalent? Uh, I, you know, I know in the, in the and I'm not shaming the PC world we're living in or whatever, but that it always becomes a point of fact of, oh, that's when you know the Pilgrims came over here and uh, you know up uh, you know, in Plymouth, Massachusetts, and from there just slaughter of millions of Native Americans of indigenous people. But I, I, I think it's still still supposed to, you know, there were some people that, you know, became friends and, you know, made some connections. And I, I, I try to, these days I'm really trying to be the optimist out there, guys, which is very, very rare for me. I, I, I'm always, I always consider myself a realist on the verge of pessimists. So just really <laughs> trying to be an optimist out there. Uh, so yeah, Thanksgiving in the United States, it's us celebrating pilgrims. And Native Americans coming together, sitting down for a meal, sharing food, sharing stories, whatever way they communicated. And uh, yeah, so I hope everyone has a happy Thanksgiving, however you're celebrating it. Uh, I think it's just going to be me, uh, my parents, sister, brother-in-law, niece, and maybe my uh, aunt and grandmother. So... I think that's, uh, I didn't do the math right there, but I believe that's under 10, which is the, in accordance with Governor Phil Murphy, Governor of New Jersey's laws or warrants or, I don't know, what are those in place right now? Rules? Regulations? 
Fantastic opener. I know that's what you're all thinking right now. Really riveting stuff, Kyle. Well, I'm sorry. They're not all winners. That's what I was told growing up. <laughs> yeah, that's what the doctor said to me every time. I'm not a stand-up. I don't know where I'm going with this. Anyway, happy to talk with this guest today. I'm happy to talk with every guest, but I'm very happy to talk with this guest, Jess, Jessica Chuang. She is one of the owners of Ichiban, and this is specifically Ichiban to go. You're going to hear all about it. I'm so psyched to have an awesome sushi place that's like, you know, walking distance uh, to my apartment. And so anything else. Ooh, I made some. Uh, Danielle requested those Oklahoma fried onion burgers. You know, the ones that uh, if you if you listen to the George Motes episode or if you follow him on Instagram, those are what he uh, loves making. Those smash patties, fried onions potato roll, some pickles. I did put some ketchup. I put ketchup on one. I know that that's considered a very childish thing to do still, but fuck it. I love ketchup. But I put mustard on one other one to make the uh, burger experts out there happy. So anything else? Um, oh, really interesting. And I, 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 I don't think I've ever said it on the podcast, but there is this guy, Russell, and he is what I'll call, at least right now in his life, a, a, a career bartender. Uh, and he was a bartender at this one bar in Hoboken that I used to go to a decent amount. Now he's a bartender, was a bartender around Jersey City. I know the pandemic has changed things up a bit. And he unfortunately uh, contracted covid 19 and but i i guess the best realm possible in which he just lost his taste and talk about making lemonade out of lemons or no he's not even doing that because he's just taking shots of pure lemon juice he's biting into red onions he's putting wasabi onto oreos and it's crazy i i follow him on Instagram and now on TikTok, although I was avoiding TikTok for some time. But I gotta tell you, his is inspiring, so maybe I'm gonna start making some good material for you guys on TikTok too. But uh boy, his first video has like over five million views in a few days. He jumped up to sixty something thousand followers on TikTok. Uh he went viral. In multiple ways. Oh, I'm sorry, Russell. But uh, so follow him at uh, Rustard Like Mustard. Again, Rustard. So spelled like mustard with an R. And then like mustard. So Rustard Like Mustard. And he's selling merch now. Uh, I don't know who he has doing his graphics. I love it. It looks like a weird, I told him via Instagram, it looks like a weird version of like the hormone monster from big mouth and it's he's got a mullet currently and it's a mullet on a mustard bottle and his tongue is out and i love everything about it It is talk about being an optimist and i really uh i gotta figure out you know uh since i think he's still positive with covid uh covid19 gotta figure out when I can eventually sit down with him or get like a mic to him so we can do this remotely because I would love to have him on the podcast. But in the meantime, follow Rustard Like Mustard and follow Ichiban... Mm, Ichiban Catering? 
if you Google, if you put at Ichiban, which I didn't say this in the episode, Ichiban means number one or first place. So you guys, you're all Ichiban in my heart. Without further ado, here I go talking with Jess. Jess, Jessica, or where are we? You can just do Jess. Jess, Mm -hmm. just Jess. Yeah, it's because of Orange County. Like, you know that show? I was like, (laughs) Jessica. And I'm like, that's why I go by Jess. (laughs) Well, Jess, thank you so much for coming on Foodie Films. Thank you. So uh, for the foodies out there, why don't you introduce yourself, tell them who you are, what you're doing, all that good stuff. Yeah, uh, my name is Jessica Chuang, or Jess. Um, I am one of the, I guess, it's hard to say, but it's like one of the owners of Mm -hmm. Ichiban Japanese Catering. It's originally my family's business. Um, I actually recently left my job at the plaza and at beef floral to like work with my family but prior to that um i was doing event planning having a lot of fun so i'm not really used to calling it this like my like my business yet because mm-hmm. it's like my family's it's been with my family since 1997 yeah so it's yeah kind of weird yeah just i mean reading uh you know a few articles once you guys opened up mm-hmm. ichiban to go yeah right here in the heights where i live and now you live, <laughs> where uh, I live now. and um yeah just reading about your your family history like you said since 1997 i mean so over 20 years now oh yeah like 23 yeah 23. it's it's actually really funny because it's been over 23 23 years because mm-hmm. my father actually started his business in a Carvel, like in the back of a Carvel. Really? Yeah, I don't know if I told you the story, but it was. <laughs> so when my when my dad graduated college, he and my mom like were managing a Carvel in Hillsboro. Okay. I don't think it's there anymore, but they used to manage it there. And um, I remember like when I was a kid, and I just sat there on a stool, and I was with my sister. And I would look at the open sign, but it was really weird. But like I'm registering it now, but like it was like a neon sign that had sushi on there too. It says, <laughs> we do sushi here too. And I was like, I didn't register, but like my dad would always make sushi in the back of a carvel and back ice in cr- like ice cream and sushi. Yeah, but like back in 1990, like question mark. I don't remember how old I was at that point. Like there were no rules about like food safety and stuff like that. But it was like in the very back, so it's like there's never any cross between them. Mm-hmm. But that's where his sushi catering started, like in the very back of a Carvel. And that's that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, and that's what it was up until this brick and mortar here, until Ichiban to go was catering, right? We actually had a restaurant in Princeton. Oh, you had so a okay. It was it's 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 like a very long history of where we've been. I'm, I want to hear all about it. Yeah, um, in 1997, my dad opened up his like his first brick and mortar Ichiban Japanese cuisine. Okay, I think that's what it was called. It was in Princeton. It was like in the Princeton University campus area. It was right next to the library. And it was a good place for it. I I know. Like, um, not picking, not trying to make it a a class thing or or an ethnicity thing, (laughs) but smart, worldly people tend to go to Princeton. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, just as far as the first time I had sushi, I was probably. 11 or 12 Mm -hmm. and that was with a friend versus like i don't know if my parents had had it at that Mm -hmm. point so just point being that i just feel like that's a good place to start a uh, japanese cuisine sushi yeah yeah and they're actually one of two it was like the my dad was the first one there Mm -hmm. but the place he actually um had his restaurant was actually a garage okay so 
he was an engineering major, so he tore apart the place with his own hands. And I remember like my sister and I would just watch him like wow. build up from a garage. Like he built up this business by hand. Yeah. And we would just watch him like he was cement, like he had a cementing like machine where like pat it down and he pours cement over it. But yeah. then like with more like special needs stuff, like electricity and stuff and wiring, he would have someone who come help him. Okay. That's like, you know got to be licensed for it yeah but he was like my, my dad's in uh yeah. construction mm -hmm. and what like the house that my parents still live in we they that was built on the same piece of property that like i, I grew up on but uh it was built when i was in seventh grade so mm -hmm. however many years ago <laughs> 1999 2000 i don't know yeah. um and uh and my dad, point being, was the general contractor just because yeah. his knowledge, for you know, because then he, he set up everything. He contacted the plumber, the mm -hmm. you know, and whatever whatever work he could do. He exactly. Did. So he did, sounds, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. to save money because, like, at that point, like, my dad didn't come here with much money. Yeah. So, like, he and a business partner, like, invested in this place. And I just remember watching him do everything. And then in 1997, it opened as a restaurant. And then it was a restaurant until i think it was like 2010 or 11 i forgot mm -hmm. when i was in college at that point and the basement had flooded and uh, then it like destroyed a lot of things oh, like it was wow. hard to like reopen that restaurant yeah. and then at the time we we already had been doing catering and like my dad would travel from new york to princeton which is like two and a half hours sometimes and then like it would you know, parties at one o'clock, you know, yeah, and then he yeah. goes and unpacks everything at the store. And then that would be like, it's, it's it was so unhealthy for him. He had gotten so, to so many accidents. So how many he's working? I mean, that's open, what, six days a week or so, you know? Like, oh, like, so, so. um, I mean, he's, it, but he's commuting it, it, from, from Queens, you said? Oh, uh, no, from, from Princeton. From, Princeton to New York. Pr yeah, Princeton, New York. Yeah. 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 And it's be, it'll be like in Manhattan. Like okay. We catered at the plaza. Oh, I see. Yeah, the yeah. store's down there, and then you're catering a lot of the city. Yeah. Parties. Yeah, I see. And then it was just really taxing on him, and like, he opened it with his brothers, and it was so taxing on him. Mm -hmm. And he had gotten to like quite a few car accidents, and it, was, it scared a lot of us, because yeah. it's like, you know... We want, our we want our father here you know yeah 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 so then i think after the restaurant flooded and everything like happened we're just like you know what let's just you know close everything down and let's just focus on catering because yeah. that was our bread and butter like you know there's so many events in a weekend and then how do you you can't focus on both you mm -hmm. know if you want to do well so that's when we, like our catering business started flourishing because we started putting our time, our research, and like a lot of our stuff. That's where all the crazy items on our menu came from. Like <laughs> after being able to like research, like look at new things and focus on it because when you're working like basically 365 days a week, I mean a year. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You're not you have no time to research. You're just functioning at best. <laughs> you know? <laughs> So like my father would go to Taiwan and he would go. So my family's from Taiwan. Okay. So he would go to Taiwan. He would go to like different villages and he would go to see like what's the coolest thing there. Like some of the decor restaurant is like from Taiwan, from like villages where like trees have fallen and they've like redone them. Okay. Yeah. Repurpose them. For Repurpose them for yeah. like decor. And like a lot of the, um, there's like one of the panels, a wood panel that has like decorative pieces in it. That's all hand carved by like people in a village and it's like oh, wow. so cool yeah yeah 
So like you can't do that when you're working online, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so close up shop in Princeton. Where where are you guys living at that point? You're still down in that area or Yeah, we were down at that area, but we had bought an apartment in Jersey City pre like the downtown Jersey City, like pre like where everything blew up. Like Yeah. At that time, like it was like gangs of cats everywhere. <laughs> It's like a funny story. Those I infamous my cat games. Yeah, they were, yeah, they were a lot. And they attacked a lot of us during commute, like late commuting hours. Oh, wow. Vicious cats. Yeah, but that was like pre like what grocery is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. I can only imagine how much I've only, you know, I've been in this area for, uh, cl- you know, close to, well, the area uh, close to four years in mm-hmm. Jersey City, a little over two. Um, but yeah, just, I mean, the amount of places that have opened in my time here mm-hmm. and just seeing how things have changed the expansion of newark ave and I mean, yeah. p- pandemic aside obviously yeah, yeah, exactly. um but yeah so you guys have then a you know uh, an apartment in jersey city you're doing a lot of catering what was like your earliest work with the company what were you doing um i was actually a hostess at the restaurant at one point in, co- in high school and okay. then after that i went to college and then what'd you I- study I studied marketing, actually, and minored in photography. Cause, there you uh, go. Why not? Yeah. And then my dad told me to try an internship at the plaza because he had known someone there. He's like, just go try it. Just go try it. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't originally going to take over his business, actually. Okay. And then I tried it, and then I fell in love with, like, the concept of catering because, like, you're planning a day for someone, and it's all revolved around food. Yeah. And, like, to me... Like, that's what happiness is. Like, you wouldn't sure. be in event planning if you don't love it, you know, because it's a lot of hours, it's a lot of stress, and it's a lot of, like, thinking on your feet. It's yeah. like putting out fires, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love hosting. Yes. I, lo- I love, yes. I mean, at the same time, I love just going to a party, showing up with a bottle of wine or saying, do you want me to bring a side dish, and exactly. then just enjoying the party. Yeah. Like, that's, you know, but... But at the same time, I love hosting because there's nothing better. I mean, it's cooking a meal for somebody to the the extreme. Mm -hmm. It's just the whole, yeah, like you're saying, that event. And there's just so many things. And I'm also, I love efficiency. And so, obviously, sometimes things don't go in your your favor. (laughs) I'm sure you you know. Uh, But when it does, Mm -hmm. it's just like, it's just such a satisfaction. And then you throw in then when you get the people coming up and you just see them, whether they come up to you and verbally say, this is delicious, or you just get to see their expressions. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. And that's like actually what I missed during the pandemic. Like when I was like start like i think our last event was like in the end of march maybe one at the beginning of april but like mm-hmm. it went from a 400 person event to like a 50 wow and yeah. it was just so scary like i kept seeing the numbers dwindle and then when the pandemic hit like when we all went to the lockdown i was like i missed that gratifying feeling like i made food at home but then i just ate it and i'm like okay this isn't as gratifying <laughs> like when i was like oh good job pat pat but then um, when my dad was talking to me about like what we can do next, because we didn't know when we were going to open. So this is like the next part of our thing where we were just stuck at catering. Like catering is like the first, probably going to be the first to go and the very last to come back because mm-hmm. the quantity of people that come in, it's with this pandemic going on, it's just very unlikely. Mm-hmm. So then we're just talking and then I was thinking about like our roots, like, what can we do so then we're like why don't we just convert like part of our like warehouse into like a takeout Mm 
Yeah, yeah. So that's where we are now. Like, I, it makes me so happy when a lot of my customers come back. It's like, this is the best thing. Like, when you just told me now, you're like, oh, yeah, this is really good. And I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> it makes me genuinely really happy. Yeah, yeah. You're kind enough to bring me some of the uh, volcano. Uh, yeah, Rockshim Volcano. Rockshim Volcano. <laughs> so good. Still so glad. warm and just so fresh. That's that's the biggest thing. And you've asked me, like, what's my favorite role? And I'm, uh, it's just, to me... It's just the freshness. That's that's even to like you know like I'm not trying to hate on other spots in, in the in the area, but Danielle and I like once we saw that you guys were opening up, mm-hmm. so because like you said you so you've been at that corner spot for yes. a while. <laughs> yes, because I feel like I I mean I'd see. Like, was there a sign there? Yes, it was because but, fire regulations yeah. noted that we needed a sign there, so we yeah. put a sign there since 2012, actually. Yeah. So, like, when I moved here, I saw, um, um but uh, you know, I saw that, but I'm like, oh, but you know, like, it's, you guys were just catering at that point. Mm-hmm. But then I, whether it was on social media or just passing by it one day, seeing mm-hmm. that it, you're, you know, opening up this to go, you know, place. Yeah. So delivery, or you can pick it up yourself. And I was just really excited because there's not just even like too many, but then especially like in Jersey City, but up in the Heights, just yeah. like that's what you guys are focusing on. Just like fresh sushi and mm-hmm. yeah, and, and uh, plenty of other, and other yeah. things to your menu as well. But that's that's yeah. that's the star of the show. Yeah, exactly. Like sushi catering was like our like biggest ordered station. Like we did like an Asian station, which is like Peking Duck and Dim Sum. But then... Mm. We elaborate a little bit more on that. Like we've had customers come in, it's like, please, can you do ramen? I'm like, okay, you know what? <laughs> so my chefs and I would go to the back, we would order some material, we would play around with different recipes until we liked one, and then now we released a ramen menu, which is like something I did not expect from a catering company. Yeah, because like people ask me, it's like, are you guys like a fusion? Are you guys like? I'm like, I'm not fusion because I'm not really fusing any kind of foods together except for my ramen taco, which is my quarantine creation. <laughs> But like I'm not really fusing anything. They're like authentic to the taste, but it's more like the best of our catering menu. Like our chefs specialize in different cuisines. So yeah. it's not like one special cuisine. Like I have a chef that specializes in Japanese, one chef that specializes in Chinese, and some that specialize in those two together. And like it's just not I don't know what to call that restaurant besides the best of our catering menu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there's also something I mean, we're talking about some of the oldest cuisines in the world mm-hmm. at this point. So as far as fusion goes, I feel like at least between those cuisines, it's already been happening for yeah. centuries. Oh yeah, definitely. You I know, think the only crazy new thing that we have are like our party. I call them our party items. Mm-hmm. It's like our catering items, which is like the sushi pizza. Yes, it's a little bit of a fusion. And then our, um, what was it? Sushi burger. like Sushi burger. Yeah. yeah. All those different items. Those Sushi lollipop. Yeah. Like those are actually inspired by cake pops. <laughs> <laughs> and those are all like, you know, from our events. But we want to bring them here for people to try because you could not try those unless you were attending one of the events that we were catering at. Yeah. So that's. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, now that. So. Ichiban to go is 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 your thing. Yes, it's quite scary. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you? I mean, obviously those things that you just listed, the you know the, the pizza and the tacos and the lollipops. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you done to like try to make it your own? You know, this is a family yeah. business. Like you know this, but uh, this is this brick and mortar place. This is this is your baby. Yeah, I I was actually definitely inspired by the people around us. Like I. I've been like in my adult, like conscious life, I've uh, 
been in New York where it's a little bit more like reserved. Like you don't really talk to people. Like as soon as I came here, like people are talking, people are very nice. I've already hung out with some people who are my customers and it's like very new to me, but it's like very welcomed. And then everyone keeps giving me feedback about what they want or what they wish they could see or like how they would like something changed. Like to me, like it just is what I love because like I, I love like improving my food or creating new food that people can have like someone it's actually really funny I have this one customer that calls every week and tell like tells me every week like when is udon coming when is udon coming and I'm like <laughs> I don't know if I could put it on my menu but I will try so actually today I'm actually went after this like recording I'm actually mm-hmm. going back to our store and we're actually doing taste testing of udon we're gonna release oh, wow. them yeah and then coming november i think we're gonna do japanese styled fried chicken awesome i know so it's like have you ever had like korean fried chicken Mm -hmm. yeah so we're gonna do a japanese inspired okay but we're still working on flavors we have one flavor down but we need to get like two or three more awesome yeah i can't wait i know i'm very excited so that's got to be fun i mean you obviously are uh, a creative person by you know also like you said like studying f- uh, photography mm-hmm. so is this is this a, you're enjoying it as far as a creative outlet as well oh yeah 100 yeah. like i didn't realize how much i loved creating things until like i was locked in quarantine because <laughs> like <laughs> that's a lot of people i mean you know, like, <laughs> a lot of people because then all of a sudden everyone be- started baking and specifically oh i'm one of those sourdough it, kids yeah i think daniel's sa- a little bit of sour <laughs> my sourdough loaf is still over there uh i i i've stayed away from that just because i don't need one more thing to be like frustrated <laughs> i just know that oh, like, yeah. baking to me like you know i've always said uh you know ba- baking is like classical music cooking is like jazz it's just like oh, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah breaking there's no mistakes yeah and if there's mistakes then it might not be what you want <laughs> yeah then you're just like oh i got this whole loaf of bread that i don't really want to eat but i shouldn't throw it out so exactly like, like, <laughs> i used all this flour and stuff and now i just can't do anything about it and also yeah. it's like 14 hours of my life (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so during i mean during during all of this during quarantine because you guys opened up during this yeah what you what you opened up in september right yeah we opened up in september um so really fun we were actually trying to open up a little bit earlier but a lot of our equipment didn't come in that's the thing i mean so many people anyone that's building or anything like that you just see these delays happening. Oh, so yeah. that's, that's what happened with you guys. Just a lot of uh, equipment. Yeah. From... So the thing is, like, when I when we were thinking about what the next steps were, um, we knew that catering wasn't going to come back for a while. But like, how do we keep our employees employed? How do we keep everything? How keep this company going? Like, yeah. what are some safe precautions? Like, you see me whenever I'm in the front of the store. Like, I go to the back, but I disappear for a little while because our kitchen is so far away from the front. Mm-hmm that I want to keep my staff safe. So I want them to come to work feeling safe and that, you know, everyone feels safe. But now as COVID numbers are rising, like you're seeing me add more and more things. Like I have a microphone now, like the window's a little less open. There's an acrylic barrier. Yeah. And it's to keep people safe because I've personally had people who I've known pass away from COVID. And, you know, like at the end of this, I want my staff to be here. I want to be here. I want my family to be here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So... Opening up in September was a little bit scary for me at first. Um, but at that time, I think we were at the lower numbers. It was a little bit safer. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, maybe this is like actually like, even though there were some delays, like maybe this is the better time, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's a smaller front to your store, but was be- 
you know, because so you 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 were already you knew you were going to open up this place pre-pandemic, right? The idea was there. Or... The idea was kind of there, okay. but like with events happening so much, yeah. like we still wanted to focus on that. And then when we had like a moment to like be like, okay, well, catering is like solidified. We have a good team running, like because mm-hmm. I actually just joined on like February. Oh, so okay, yeah, I was supposed yeah. to make this run smoother and then open that. Mm-hmm. But then when the pandemic hit two months into my full-time career with my family, it was like, <laughs> okay, maybe no. Because <laughs> like we had all the time in the world to mm-hmm. like figure this out, you know? Yeah, catering company that, I mean, events were just at a standstill. Yeah, like... we still did some events, but they were like outdoor, like when we were able to yeah. open up with the events and it was allowed to have like 50 people mm-hmm. outdoors and opening a little bit more, like then we did it. But even then it was like, barriers like gloves face shields like goggles uh, yeah and so i'm yeah and i'm interested in in that in the preparation i i mean i went to a, a wedding a few weeks ago and mm-hmm. everything you know was as safe as i think it could be mm-hmm. and then for cocktail hour they had everything on like you know designated plates mm-hmm. so you just went up yeah. and just grabbed yeah. a plate and everything mm-hmm. like that so yeah what was what that what precautions what have you guys been doing like as far as when you're at an event like how do you you know normally when you see sushi you know it's just a, yeah. it's a platter and people are even going up and with their hands yeah, exactly. or with, you know. so the rule that i like to tell everyone is that guests are not allowed to touch food like okay. i it's it feels so distant for me to feel do something like that because like my family like in taiwan hospitality is a big thing like you come to my home like my home is your home yeah and I treat that like my stations. Like you come to my station, like you eat whatever you want. It's an all-you-can-eat station, so it's like whatever you want. And then now I can't offer that to people, so it's like I have a display of um, sushi that isn't even used. It's discarded at the end of the night, but it's to show you what it looks like. Gotcha. And then it just so you have like a you feel like it's still at least a little bit normal. But then when you request something, my chefs go to the bottom of the table where they have everything sealed up. Mm-hmm. They bring the roll up and then they cut it and they place it on the um, plate for you and they hand it to you at another designated table. So my staff is also safe. Yeah. So we've done a few, like we've only done probably like maybe eight, eight some events since COVID started. Mm-hmm. And it's always been like that. And then my staff is like gloved up. Um, they switch gloves every two hours or it depends on what tasks they're doing. Like, you know, if they're doing two different tasks and they don't match you gotta switch gloves but like yeah whatever like the food safety i don't want to bore people with food safety (laughs) (laughs) i'm very big on food safety but like i don't want to bore people who aren't as enthusiastic about food safety as i am (laughs) but (laughs) to make it like it's just like guests just can't touch their food like we'll provide it for you so it's it's a little bit more labor intensive and my clients have seen the cost go up, but to make sure, like, I have enough staff to make sure your party flows as fast as possible. I love operations. <laughs> yeah. And um, that efficiency. Efficiency. Yeah. And then, um, you know, that's about it. Like, so I started saying before with, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a smaller front. And since you guys opened it up mm-hmm. during the pandemic, is there, like, did plans change? Did you always, did you want it to always be? Like the to-go and delivery, or was that kind of also, was that switched up a little bit when, you know, when yeah. opening up because you're opening up during a pandemic? So it was really funny. I didn't actually um, 
expects to be so well received. I honestly thought opening day I would have to beg people to come in. <laughs> <laughs> but like people have been so supportive and I've yeah. been so grateful because I the the small spot was actually supposed to be for seating. Like it was supposed to be seating around the um the front, the I whole see. front. The yeah. window was not even supposed to be there. It was just I, supposed to be like a whole front. I got gotcha. you. But then um that was actually inspired by like you know the hole in the wall places in japan where mm -hmm. like there would just be like a small sushi case of chef there and then you would have people sit around the sushi case like the sushi case where the chef was and they just eat it was just like a fast place you go after work yeah because most of those men who like met like, usually men because it's like men would go off work mm -hmm. go to this place eat go home you know yeah. like if their wives weren't like at home cooking whatever <laughs> but like it was inspired by that on my trip to japan because i was like oh like these holes on the walls are feel very cozy. Like the chefs know who their customers are, and you know when they come in, they already they don't have to speak. They just know what they want, or yeah. they add, ask out of courtesy, you know. But like if it's like a regular, they'd be like, "Oh, here's your dinner," you know. But that's like what I want to do with my place now. Like mm -hmm. I want to make sure, like when people come in, like I know their order. Like I know one of my um, one of my guests who come in always wants his rolls with brown rice and always orders sashimi. So whenever he calls, I know his voice by now. And then I know typically what he wants to order and then or how long it takes for him to walk from his house to here. And then I have it ready for him. Like it's just like that kind of stuff makes me feel like it's so rewarding to have a place like this. Yeah. That's, so that, yeah. I did not expect that. That's, so, that's great. Cause that's, I mean, that's to the level of like what people expect, uh, when they're ordering a cup of coffee, but not, <laughs> not, they're not thinking that, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to sushi, you know, like, yeah. I, th I think so. That's nice because like you're saying before, people were just so, you know, uh, as far as even welcoming and talking with you oh, and saying yeah. and that and then unexpected, like how many people were there, you know, right when you opened. What, what I love about living around here is that it's just got, it's still, you know, the city is ever so expanding mm -hmm. and it practically is a, you know, a sixth borough in a way, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, but it has just those community vibes roots still. Yeah. Especially up here. I mean, up here in the Heights and I'm sure other neighborhoods too, but it's just still like, you know, yeah. a very distinct neighborhood. And I mean, you guys are located right on, you know, one of the main roads. So I mm -hmm. feel like people, you know, it's, you know, you got the the red awning, and you know, like, uh, and I, I feel like you know, once people saw that, they're like, you know, oh, I, gotta, I gotta stop by. There, you know? <laughs> That's very cute. Um, you had this location, so mm -hmm. you guys were just like, we have it, so might as well open up the front part. There, yeah. there wasn't like that'll stay catering, and we'll open up a separate like you know restaurant. You're just like, it's 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 it was just easier. You got the kitchen already. Yeah, um, definitely, because at that time, it was also very scary. Like, we we're still paying our employees, we we're still paying the health insurance. And mm -hmm. then as like, our bank accounts are going a little bit redder, and I was like, oh, oh like, we got to figure something out, you know. <laughs> so that's why we didn't decide to get a new place. But then again, I didn't expect so many people to come, which is why the first when we first opened, I had one sushi chef, one kitchen and a one floater. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is probably all I ever need. Nope. I have two two kitchen, two two full-time kitchen, two full-time sushi, and then one floater. Okay. And my partner is my packer because she's helping me out. Mm. <clears throat> and I am cashier. There you go. So a team of four went to a team of uh, six, seven. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, so, that's good. Yeah. I mean, people are in need of work right now, so that's great that you I know, exactly. So I'm really happy to have, like, 
more people to support and because mm-hmm. with this whole pandemic like i've i was for load for a little bit too so like seeing a lot of my friends still for load um and like still having to pay that rent and yeah. it's hard to watch so besides obviously having your uh your business here and you, you said like you said you've now moved into the heights mm-hmm. you're, you're a resident here uh how are you enjoying it just as far as living in this neighborhood and the, and obviously the, you know, the food scene and everything like that. I actually really love it. Like I, <laughs> I thought I was going to miss Brooklyn because mm-hmm. where I was from, I was, I lived so close to industry city. It was up and coming and yeah. so many things were there. It was so cool. There was like a Japanese mart that opened there. Yeah, and it's huge we, over there. It's huge. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, my father's like, if you want to do this, like you need to put your all into it. And I'm like, I know, like I, I know. So mm-hmm. then I moved here and I was so reluctant then now that I'm here, I don't even miss it because I become friends with people here. Everyone's so friendly. Like people stop me on the streets now just to say hi. And that's great. People come in and say hi. Like I've never had the, like I haven't felt community since like I was in Princeton. Because mm-hmm. like a more suburban area, you're more like community based. But like when you go to the city, it's a little bit like it's so huge. So yeah. many people. There's no opportunities to create like a really tight-knit community yeah unless, unless you have like i felt like you know you see it on like sitcoms obviously yeah, exactly. unless, <laughs> unless you have your go-to coffee shop that you're going to every day or your bar that uh, yeah. is like your spot you know yeah. your, your, your cheers i know your cheers <laughs> like, moment like but the, besides that i feel like in a bigger city you mm-hmm. know you're just not gonna get the no. it's not gonna be the walking down the street and the hollows and the cordials which is oh, what yeah. i've which is what i've always loved about going more like in uh, in the south and, and oh, one, of my, yeah. one of my favorite cities is new orleans mm-hmm. and, and it does now it feels like a, like a home away from home whenever i visit because yeah. I've made some good uh, some friends down there, mm-hmm. but just even when you're passing by people, everyone you know people say hello. I know, and the, when you say hello in New York, everyone's like, "What?" And I'm like, yeah. "Oh, I'm sorry." <laughs> <laughs> but like, I love that about this community. Like, wherever I go, like, there's always a friendly face. Like, I go to like a few coffee shops around here. Even when I was opening, like, um, Alan from Broth. Mm-hmm. I was so nervous about opening, but he was always my biggest cheerleader. Oh, he was like, awesome. come on, you got this. Like, I got you coffee. And I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, everyone here just wants to see you succeed. And I haven't felt such a positive, like, energy from a community ever. So, it's like, I absolutely love it here. Yeah. So, that's great. I know. Not that I've been here for long, but welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I've been here for probably four months. <laughs> Uh, now, now sushi, sushi has been, I feel like, you know, people have known about it for quite some time. Mm-hmm. It's a mainstay in our, in American cuisine and in, in world yeah. cuisine. Uh, but doing things like the, the pizza and the taco, do you, I mean, I think it would be rude of someone to say something to you, but like anyone that's just like, you know, sushi, pizza, like what, it, what, <laughs> like, uh, if, if that has happened or if you heard someone saying that, what, what would be, you know, like. Not like what would be your response to it? I just think you give it a try, like yeah. Because the thing is, like, with food, because I've always grown up with this is it sounds really funny. I was like that kid that brought Chinese food to lunch, and everyone's like, mm-hmm. "Ugh, what is that?" Yeah. But then I'm just like, you just have to try it to you know before you judge it. Mm-hmm. And I say that to everyone now, like. I know it may not look like the most pleasing thing, but until you try it, like you don't know, like you miss out on like what you don't try. Yeah. So with anything like the sushi pizza, like it's not the most beautiful looking thing in the world. I admit, 
there's a lot of sauces on there. It's like, it's very muted in color. Like the bright colors are coming from the seaweed salad, the tobiko mm -hmm. and like all those things. Um, until you try it, you won't understand. And then every person who like actually listened to me and took the chance, they're like, this is my favorite menu item. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I'm so glad. I just love it because a big, uh, this is not a new idea, obviously, mm -hmm. by any means, but, but for me more and more, I'm realizing how much I appreciate um, different textures. Yes. And like how that plays mm -hmm. a big part into taste yes. as well. Or just as people, there's that, people call it, you know, mouthfeel. Yes, mouthfeel. Like that, that, which is like, it's like on the verge of being like a very gross sounding thing, mouthfeel. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a wonderful thing. Like, I did, sort of, yeah. Yeah. Cause I think that would be a good name if I, it was, if I, was just going to have a food podcast versus this being, you know, like foodie films because it are originated as, you know, talking food centric movies. Mm -hmm. Um, if I was just going to have a podcast talking food, I think I would call it like mouthfeel. I feel like that's just like a good, that's actually a really good, good name for a food podcast, actually. Yeah, right? Maybe another side quest, exactly. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so with with that, with with mouthfeel, with the different textures. Um, which is something I feel like sushi already has, mm -hmm. uh, especially when you get into like, you know, tempura, uh, oh, know, yeah. like, and everything like that. But the pizza, the crunchiness of the, so is that, is that a scallion pancake? Yeah, underneath, it's right? a scallion yeah. pancake on yeah. the bottom. Which is fantastic. I know. I love scallion pancakes. Oh, I, um, uh, I've, as far as, uh, traveling to Asia, I've only been to, uh, Thailand. I did mm -hmm. two weeks there, but the, I had a layover, you know, in Shanghai going mm -hmm. there on the way back. Going there was just like two hours coming back, 12 hour layover in Shanghai. But I, as I've said many times, I prefer a longer layover because then that means I get to go out into the city. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, actually, even there was a, it was in March, but there was a snowstorm here that kept us there for an extra night. So oh, then nice. I even get to spend like a night in Shanghai. At first I was nervous because they were like, you're going to be here for up for a week. And I didn't have, you can be in China for up to 72 hours without a visa. Um, oh. So if I was there for a week, I would have <laughs> then just had to have stayed in the airport like that whole time. But oh, okay. I was able to... I, uh, argued and got on a flight the next day <laughs> okay. but, point, but, but point being uh in the 12 hour uh period that i was expected to be there i was like that's enough time to get off the flight and i uh did like a three hour walking food tour Ooh. and uh and i had just like the freshest like soup dumplings and scallion pancakes on that oh, tour because like scallion pancakes like they're expensive here but like when you're in asia it's like 50 cents yeah it's it's common street food it's like it's getting it's like you know it's better but it's like getting like a dirty water dog in new york oh yeah 100 <laughs> or like even the you know the nuts for nuts and stuff. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> i like buy them and it's like this is so stupid i eat them I'm like oh this is so good <laughs> <laughs> um but i love the scallion pancakes um mm. so there's an event plan that we always work with their gourmet advisory uh service gourmet advisory services i always say it wrong <laughs> but um and they always push us to like figure out the next best thing. So like at night, like when people are eating at a wedding, mm. they don't really want healthy foods. They want like pizza, hamburgers, <laughs> fries. But like when you order sushi, I'm like, how do you make it like burgers, <laughs> cheeseburgers, fries, whatever, fried food? So mm. we're like, okay, can we create a sushi pizza? Because at that time, like you saw the sushi donut come out, like some sushi pizzas came out, but they're all seaweed on the bottom, rice. It was like nothing fried. Yeah. So like I remember my dad was eating breakfast and he was eating a scallion pancake and we're like, 
could that work? Yeah. So then that's how it started, like coming up with random ideas just based on foods we eat. The ramen taco. I've seen I was, before. I saw a, <laughs> ram, the ramen like taco with sushi in it. There's even like you know I know there's ramen burgers out there. Like, yeah. The, the hard the ramen noodles make you know like a good you know, exactly. As far as like a, if it was going to be a bread uh, bun or a bread shell in that case, flour shell, I should say. It was really funny because. I told you it was like my quarantine creation. It was because flour is a shortage, like a shortage item mm-hmm. in COVID. And I was feeding my sourdough. <laughs> and I had a lot of, like, I really wanted like tacos because I had a lot of taco toppings. And I was like, okay, well, I my sourdough needs to live. So what do I have? <laughs> it needs to live. It needs to live. <laughs> and then I had a lot of ramen. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I guess I can try this. And I created the ramen taco in my home. And I was like, okay, maybe I can try this at the store when I open it and mm. it's been well received and it's like one of those items i wish people can eat like the same with the pizza i wish they could eat in store because it's just so much better crispy because sometimes when it travels it gets a little soggy yeah that's just... i mean that that's what happens with the areas I've, I've said once i've said a thousand times like you know pizza as soon as it's in the box it loses its its, mm. its uh quote unquote integrity uh, you know like, <laughs> yeah. or just, or just what, what the chef what the owners with the restaurateurs are want and imagining for you to experience but but, it's so hard (laughs) but they're still they're still all delicious so good um you mentioned before we so like i said you you brought the uh the rock shin volcano for me Mm -hmm. and and i uh you you brought it for me i'm like oh do you want to have some you you mentioned that you have some food allergies I mean, that's got to be, I mean, that's uh, the Greek, tra- I feel like for someone that works in, in the food industry, that's got to be like a Greek tragedy of some sorts. It's actually really funny. I can list off all of my allergies right now. Okay. I'm allergic to eggs. I'm allergic to all poultry, which means like duck, turkey, chicken. Yeah. Well, at least these aren't like main things, you know? Yeah. No, not main things. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. Those are very... <laughs> not main things, whatever. Eggs, um, poultry. Yeah. I'm allergic to kale, spinach, arugula. Um, I'm allergic to a lot of squashes. I'm allergic to all bell peppers, except when they're jalapeno and... They're not bell peppers, but like jalapeno and banana peppers I'm fine with. Okay. I'm allergic to mushrooms, all mushrooms. And then I am allergic to cantaloupe. And seasonal, I don't want to get seasonal because I'm allergic to trees and grass. So I'm a barely functioning human being. (laughs) Uh, When did these uh, allergies start uh, manifesting? Oh, when I was born, eggs. That was the only one. So that's, and and are these like, I know, like, I mean, on the spectrum of, are you just getting, uh, Um, you know, like, do you have to go to the hospital? Like, do don't you have to go to the hospital, okay. which, like, thank God. No, because, I mean, I know some worse. people that, like, need, like, uh, I'm allergic to bees. Uh-huh. And it's not as bad as it used to be, but, like, I still technically should carry, like, an EpiPen mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Like, some people need that, but you're, you're, it's more. It's like, I like, will spend a whole night in the bathroom. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> um, but I actually don't know if I'm allergic to bees, and I don't want to find out. With so many allergies, I wouldn't be surprised if I was, but I've never been stung, so I don't want to know. Hey, there you go. <laughs> 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 um, but having all those allergies and having to taste test food and having to sell foods is one of the hardest things yeah. you have to oh, do. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about it from that aspect. Like, me, selfish, I'm just like, you know, eat, enjoy, but part of a big part of your job is creating these dishes and giving you know your your blessing your approval on it so thank god for all my friends and i have a lot of friends who are chefs Uh they're able to help me relate tastes to different foods and they're able to what i love about uh, vegan food now is that they're able to 
change like the impossible burger it yeah. tastes like a burger like it really does but it doesn't have meat like if i was allergic to beef i would be able to eat that yeah. so a lot of vegan food now is able to help me explore those tastes. alternatives yeah yeah those alternatives just to see like what they taste like so when i i'm sitting there trying to create these new dishes i ask my chefs like can you do this can you test it for me like eat it like physically eat it for yeah. me so then I have my partner loves eating. Like I have a lot of friends who I have actually when the ramen taco was coming out, I asked one of my friends um, in New Jersey, I'm like, can you drive here? Can you test this for me? She's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so like I have a lot of I have a good like food support system where mm. like if I need to create something, someone can give me like honest feedback. And then if I need to know a taste of something, someone can help me relate what that taste tastes like. Yeah. So that's how I create food. Like the ramen, I don't know what it, like I don't know what our ramen tastes like because it's with chicken broth. If I ate it, mm -hmm. I'd probably not function for the next <laughs> 24 hours. But like they're able to like mix the bases for me and then tell me what this additional taste tastes like. So I can be like mm -hmm. add X, a little bit more X, a little bit less X. Like, you know, like it is, it's just like a lot of communication needs to happen for me to figure it out. Like it, I can't do this on my own. Yeah. Well, it's great. You've got that support system. I know. Yeah. So if you ever, if I ever need a taste tester, I'll call you up. <laughs> Raising my hand right now in excitement. Um, obviously, you've got a lot on your plate. You're doing a lot already. Is there, do you have some kind of like little idea or like any any dreams, any, any thoughts already? Because, you know, like I feel like you guys are doing really well. Just the response that you've received. Like, do you have any kind of like, goals per se for oh, yes. what's next actually my goal so we actually started an off-premise like a full service um catering company mm -hmm. in february it's called grace oh. and it is basically like an off-premise catering it mixed like we partner with a french chef and like our asian chef so it's like a full-on like because I, I have a lot of my friends who are like they're asian and they marry into like uh, like American family True. and they can never find a food that agrees with one or the other mm -hmm. but like I want to be there for that like uh, like with my like Asian chefs who specialize in all these different Asian cuisines and like a French chef like we've created a menu where we've talked to both families and we create like a whole dinner like from the very beginning to like appetizers to like the cocktail hour to dinner to dessert and wow. all of that it's gonna be full service and since I have an event planning background, like yeah. it was gonna be the full service, like everything included, rentals, all that stuff. It started in February. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where I'm at. So this gives me a chance just to like, you know, explore more foods, have more like food choices on like my repertoire. Like at yeah. least my chefs like can like learn how to do different things. Yeah. So when we're able to have those events, like I'm able to like do like these events again and then we'd have more for them like for a bride she her family refused like every tasting like they went to refused to have american food but the american part like her partner who was american oh, wow. they were like we don't like that kind of asian food <laughs> so they came to me and i created a menu and it was gonna it's like the, it's a family style. It's like the best of both worlds where it's like the, you have your flaming young, but then you have like your salted duck, you know, like mm -hmm. all in a family style joining together. So I thought it was like very symbolic. But then her wedding got canceled. So <laughs> uh, well, it was like one of those. But it was, yeah. it's like 
that's my next dream is to create something full service so I can watch it from the very beginning to end because right sure. now our catering is just like cocktail hour sometimes dinner but like I miss the whole aspect when I was working at the plaza like the whole like beginning to end and it's just so rewarding to see that yeah so yeah I think that's where I want to take this it's sitting it's like sitting down for a movie and like you were just you know Staying through the trailers. <laughs> I know. It's like I'm saying, just hi. I can't watch the actual movie, but like, let's go. Uh, so I that. <laughs> That's actually a very good analogy. <laughs> every once in a while, every once in a while, I got something good going on up there. Um, well, it wouldn't be foodie films if we didn't talk a couple of uh, you know food scenes from mm-hmm. movies. And so you gave me a great list of movies uh, that that you enjoy, but two I'd specifically like to uh, talk about um, are uh, Parasite and Black Panther. Parasite, huge winner at the uh, at the Academy Awards mm-hmm, last year. Mm-hmm. Black Panther, uh, unfortunately, you know, Chad. I mean, also got a lot of recognition at the Academy Awards. Was nominated a bunch two two years ago or three years ago now mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately chadwick boseman sadly uh tragically passed away mm-hmm. i mean just what a cultural icon oh 100 um so but let, let's let's start with uh with parasite mm-hmm. i mean it's <laughs> what a crazy movie oh my god um, I, it's amazing that like it, it, i mean it, it, so at one you know, someone. I, I mean, I don't put a whole lot into mm-hmm. awards and awards season, but I'll I'll still watch them because I just it's just films. That's one of my deepest yeah. loves, and to see a film like that, even and then uh, uh you know a foreign film because that's uh um or now where they they're called international yeah. that's that's what they've changed mm-hmm. the category uh is more more of an appropriate title to win international film and best yeah. picture is you know unprecedented mm-hmm. um but obviously des- deservingly so for this film i mean what 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 was this film to you and i'm not trying to put you on the spot but as far as <laughs> but as far as representation yeah i mean did, was there anything that resonated as far as that with you or just or were you just like this is a good movie yeah. it was a phenomenal movie because it was really it was a little bit relatable cuz it was like it was a, a lot about classism yeah. and about the rich versus the poor, like working at the plaza. Like I'm not, I'm not a rich person. I'm mm. not a rich person, but like experiencing that and seeing the difference between high, like people who are from like the wealthy versus the poor. Like it was just hard to watch. Yeah. Like my family, like my dad, when we were growing up, actually, we grew up three families in a basement, which is very similar to their situation. Mm-hmm. And we had like nothing. And just watching my parents having to like social climb, that movie like really resonated with me like seeing like what my dad had to go through because like as a kid like you just watch and you observe like there's not much you can do yeah but, like, like I think you said that you saw did. him pouring the cement like yeah you know, that's he did everything he could to yeah make his dream come to light and then to make a, a better life for his kids exactly so just watching that it hit really close to home because mm-hmm. like right now when i'm experiencing the wealthy it's it's so different. Like yeah. I've had people who have cried over a color on their wedding day. And it's just like, when it's the lights are dimmed down, you won't even know what color it is based on the lighting. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. I <laughs> can't imagine the, the events <laughs> that you've done for, uh, you know, the, the, that upper echelon of people. I, I, I can't imagine. I, I 
probably wouldn't do well in your work because the uh, few reality shows I've worked on that um, <laughs> that it's people that were. I mean, still, in my opinion, they're they're they're, they're nobodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, as soon as they 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 were just for one one that always comes to mind was, and I don't, I don't even think it made it past one season or whatever. But it was about a high end uh, thrift store uh, in Soho, oh. and these women, you know, that's that that was their work. Yeah, and then they whatever uh, production company decided yeah. let's let's try and make a yeah. reality show out of this. And their egos just went from zero to a hundred mm-hmm. as soon as there were some cameras around them. Exactly. And I, I, I didn't do well with that. Like when they, when they, like I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like uh, also, like in my industry, for uh, again, when it comes to like efficiency, meals are usually provided because it'll just take that much longer for anyone to, you know, go out and grab something yeah. to eat. So there's all that stuff. And I, I'm someone like if you put food in front of me, I'll never. I mean, unless you have an allergy, <laughs> yes, uh, exactly. like, you know. Uh, uh, or, you know, like, I, I'm not, this isn't me picking on vegetarians or vegans, but also if you know, like, if you're making a choice to eat a certain mm-hmm. way, bring certain food yeah. with you, mm-hmm. at, you know, because in the end, like, it shouldn't be expected. I never expected anyone mm-hmm. to be buying, you know, feeding me on work, on jobs. That's a very, I feel like, uncommon thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like on that like mm-hmm. specific request by them, and I was just a uh, you know production assistant at that point, so I'd be doing errands, I'd be, and sometimes I would look at them and I'd be like, "Look, no, good, there you go. There's no, there's uh, yeah. there's a pull and spring right there. You don't need what at Fiji water. You, yeah, you know whatever. Yeah. But so uh, I I can't imagine like that's my little closest experience to what you're what you're sharing. But yeah, um, but yeah, as far as parasite and that that I have it right there, like classism. And the specific scene, the uh, the the Ramdan, the ramen udon, mm-hmm. that combination, and when what they're about, they're leaving, and then she calls them back, yeah. and like the the help there doesn't even. She's like, uh, "What is this?" And she just puts the two, and it it, mm-hmm. pa- it passed. Yeah, which is just a you know. I think that scene is like really impactful because mm-hmm. um, I think there were translator errors. Because after watching this movie, like I analyze it but every single article i could about it because it was just like so psychologically like uh stimulating that i was like i need to find out more mm-hmm. the beef that she put in there is like the equivalent of wagyu beef yeah so what's interesting about that is that it's they're so like wealthy that they're able to throw what is considered like wagyu beef Which into is- like an instant noodle dish and yeah. i'm just like Which i've had months <laughs> of my life and i'm like you know like I will eat this alone. It will not touch anything and nothing will touch my palate for the next 30 minutes. (laughs) Never did I think a meat could like melt and it just mm. is just the cream of the crop. And like you're saying, she's just using this and putting it into. Yeah, because it's just like, it's just another common thing for them. Yeah. Like I'm not saying all rich people are like that, but like there are a tier of them. Yeah. Because like some of the people who I've met like are very down to earth, very good human beings Mm -hmm. but then there's like the tier where it's they're they're just so far removed from society and like everything else that it's hard to watch yeah and watching that movie it's like that's where they were they were so rich that like you know wagyu beef is like something that's so expensive but like 
a simple like whatever like cheap meat for them yeah so it's like, it's not even expectations at that point it's just the norm no the norm and that's just so like that's on that scale of yeah. like you know when yeah like when you start having you know another thing that i have that like i've just experienced via production is in the roles of producers or production managers like you, you can't right away just be like yes yes to everything and just like mm -hmm. i've seen too many people like if you just cater to everything then that just the expectations exactly. then become the norm yeah and that's 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 the slippery slope there i mean you just you see it in every you see it in relationships out there mm -hmm. that one person just becomes a certain way in a relationship because yeah. one person just puts that much more mm -hmm. in or just i don't know it's it's yeah crazy human like psychology stuff <laughs> I that i don't understand yeah. but it's just it's just you know in the end of the day like being i think thankful appreciative like and then recognizing hard work that other oh, people yeah. are putting in so it's mm -hmm. all all that stuff but yeah that's what i love so much about that movie because yeah. it was just there's so many things to analyze in there psychologically about um the human mind and human behavior yeah that it was just i don't know like mind-blowing that's like why it's like i'm so happy that it won yeah and, and that's i think that, i mean that's why, <laughs> that's why that's why it won right I yeah mean, exactly. because pe enough people recognize that and appreciated that mm -hmm. as far as a story and i think yeah. it's a, i think it's a pretty i mean it's it's a r rarely told story and it was then cultivated and you know created very well in this yeah. situation so. and the cinematography of it oh, was just yes. so yeah. like on spot like the things that like I started reading articles about, like about how like <laughs> the different like levels they were at and during the movie, like how someone looked, how it's just like yeah, everything just representing, yeah, it's so deliberate, and mm. it's I wish I, I could watch the movie a thousand times over and still find new things. It's expertise mm -hmm. filmmaking, right yes. there. Uh, well, like I said before, Black Panther. I mean, talk about also a film as far as representation. Mm -hmm. I mean that's that's why you know it's, I I I love the Marvel movies I that like the MCU the all the interconnected yeah is it my favorite one no but do, but as far as uh, you know story and everything mm -hmm. like that but do I understand why it was I think I think the biggest hit in that front maybe mm -hmm. the last two Avengers but point being one of like the highest grossing yeah. films of all time and yeah. in that franchise do I understand why. Yeah, and like I, and but you know, like I, I understand, so I can't even imagine what it means again as far as representation to African Americans, mm -hmm. to Africans, like yeah. creating this alternate, uh, you know, without getting into geopolitics, you know, Africa is a pretty, it's a, you know, it's a suffering mm -hmm. continent, yeah, uh, and just the horrible things that have happened in history to it mm -hmm. to create, I mean, this this fictional country mm -hmm. and these you know just like the kind of like a what if if yeah. there wasn't you know imperialism and everything that came yeah. with that and creating this movie and um one thing i was reading uh, uh about the scene that we're going to discuss which is after t'challa played by the late chadwick boseman uh after he's presumed killed in the mm -hmm. combat against michael b jordan uh his what his mother uh sister and uh, the cia agent they go and uh and uh, shuri they they all go and uh go to those the mountain warriors uh -huh. um and it's well let's i'll play the scene and we'll talk about it more my son was married in a ritual combat were the odds fair? Yes, So but... it was less a murder than a defeat. Do not rub our noses in Silence! It. 
I make the pronouncements here, girl. Look, uh, Your Highness, the new king is a U.S. <gasps> uh, the new king. <laughs> <laughs> You cannot talk! One more word, and I will feed you to my children. I'm kidding, we are vegetarians. <laughs> so, that character of Umbaku, uh, played by, uh, oh boy, Winston Duke, I believe. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Played, played by Winston Duke is just so good. And that dialogue of just like, I will feed you to my, you know, like my children. children. Uh, it, it's just, I mean, it's funny when he starts laughing. But what that was, was a lot of, you, you see in earlier movies mm-hmm. just showing the, and I'm doing, you know, like air, air quotes right now, but portraying savages to foreign lands, whether it's Africa or mm-hmm. Asia or Native Americans, you know, our indigenous people to North America or, you know, even the Mayans, Incans, everything like that. Pretty much if you weren't white, like, you know, people have created just, you know, like this savage portrayal. Mm -hmm. Um, And that just that scene right there is just flipping it. Ryan Ryan Mm -hmm. Coogler, the director, just does such a great job of making it like. No, you know, like everything that's ever been done before, you know, that's wrong. And this mm-hmm. is like, no, like we're vegetarians. <laughs> yeah. I think it's very cool that scene because when he says like, I'm vegetarian, yeah, it really shows. Cause like, I think his whole tribe, I think was mentioned that it was vegetarian because yeah. they care about all life. So it's very different than like what you're saying, like how people say, oh, they're savage, they're probably kill things. No, they're like, they care about every single living thing. And I actually found it really funny because I was talking to my partner about it and we're both talking about his build and how like people always expect a vegetarian build to be very like slim, lean, but like he is like, if like people who watch the movie, he's like a very like, he looks like he like lifts a lot of weights. Yeah. <laughs> like, he probably snapped my spine in half. <laughs> but like they give another portrayal to like vegetarians, which is I was like, this is kind of cool because this is not what media really portrays as a vegetarian. Yeah. that Yeah. That's that too. Yeah. That's so a good point. I love that. Yeah, and what's, what what was it about this film? I mean, they're just I mean, you know, MCU. Oh. In the end of the day, I mean, it's you know, it's it's po- what I like to say, it's popcorn fun. So it, it did transcend that mm-hmm. again, but it's just you know. I think it was just such a different movie mm-hmm. than all the Marvel movies. Um, I love this one because there was you you get to see like the very beginning too, which is, I, I also love that the first movie wasn't like. A setup story. Like yeah. I, I really don't like setup stories, which is why I like. I'm yeah, like, those like oh, the, all the the whole origin. The whole origin. His origin was literally. I forgot which movie it was. Captain it America: Civil War. Yeah, where yeah. his father dies and yes. he like goes through all that stuff. Like, yeah, that was his origin story. And yeah, and then they, in the beginning of this movie, they, it's like some form of animation. They show you the brief history of Wakanda. Exactly, and, and the, then just, and the uh, uh, vibranium. Mm-hmm. Vibranium, yeah. 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 And it just goes straight into the story, which is what I love. That it was like a different formula than most Marvel yeah. movies, and I loved that. And it really brought like because all the other Marvel ones, it was just like a set world. You know, it was very familiar familiar to us. Like for me, this is my first time experiencing such a colorful, different culture. Yeah, yeah. And then like true. I remember this like that one scene where everyone's like chanting before because I sat in the very front. Yeah. Like I I mistakenly 
ordered the ticket in the front because there was no seats left. So it was so cool because I remember that scene very vividly because when they were chanting, everyone had these different garbs on. Yeah. And I remember because I was sitting in the very front, I just looked up and it felt like I was sitting there like in the pool looking up and I was like so overwhelmed with like, like sensory overwhelmed. Like I was like tearing up for no reason. But like it was just like, so beautiful and i was like this is so different and i it's loved it very powerful though. it's so yeah. powerful yeah when they're going down the river and then when the, they the, hit the thing that the water separates and creates these oh yeah levels of the separated waterfall and that's mm -hmm. that's when like it's baku and t'challa and they're they battle one another to see yeah. if he's worthy of being uh i guess for that that's for kit you know for king yeah um and i and think it's just so cool yeah yeah just seeing i mean they have all the different clans there they mm -hmm. have like the the you know the plains people the river people yeah. and just all of those i mean i think that ended up winning for uh like score and mm -hmm. costumes, costumes. And just deservedly so in that category mm -hmm. because of just just the color and the warmth from that movie and just creating that that was true that was world building oh the world building in that was just i think probably the best of the marvel world buildings yeah like i love that world building the most yeah and then um i think just the story was also really cool because it goes from that idealistic world into mm -hmm. our world to oakland the, to oakland yeah it's like, that's how the movie actually starts it starts in oakland and yeah. you see these you oh know, yeah i like, forgot about that <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, no, but that, that's the yeah the kid. It's, and we find out that's the young Mi Michael B. Jordan's character. I don't know the character's name. I just call him Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally. Oh, it's well. I mean, the it's Eric Killmonger, right? Oh that's yeah, like, Killmonger, right, right, right. I just what, call yeah. him Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> uh no that's actually the story of michael b jordan and that's what yes exactly <laughs> who's michael jordan i don't know who he yeah. is michael b jordan <laughs> yeah. uh but yeah he has to use that b that's a very distinct show <laughs> michael <laughs> yes. b jordan but yeah and then the movie ends in uh oakland and him t'challa wanting to make a difference there yeah and that, i mean that's that's a big part of the movie that it's just like no we have to you know that that i mean and we're living in a very divisive world right mm -hmm. now and you know that's what killmonger is just like no we are going to take you know the world over mm -hmm. while t'challa i mean it's uh, you know he's just like no we can use our resources well, exactly. it's, it's yeah. even it's even the one character oh i'm blanking on even the actress's name and her character's name Shuri? she is that the sister yeah Shuri. yeah so then what's what's the she won for 12 years i exactly i know i know her last name is nyango lupita lupita yeah, nyango. lupita yeah. i think so. so her character she's the one that's just like we should be using our mm -hmm. wealth and helping not even like the continent of africa but you know africans and uh you everyone. know every everyone in the world but just mm -hmm. even obviously because they were you know um, because of slavery and where they ended yeah. up in the world but you know uh that, that that's just a great part of the storytelling and that and just what just the morals and ethics that come along with that and, yeah. and, that, and that wealth that's exactly you know, that's they're they're discussing classism in that movie as well i know oh i didn't think about yeah you are <laughs> they are <laughs> um i think it just sends such a positive I forgot when the movie came out, but it was like during a time. It was 2017, I want to say, or maybe early 2018. Because I yeah. want to say like it came out during a time where it was so relevant, that message about yeah. like helping out no matter like what your situation is. Like yeah. in their situation, they could have just stayed there and, you know, been good forever, you yeah. know, but they wanted to help others out. And I think that's like a, such a strong message. And I want like people who watch it to like, 
hear that message. Yeah, if you're going to walk away with something, that's yeah. one of the stronger lessons. Yeah. And I think that's why I like that movie a lot because though it's like very a reoccurring message in Marvel movies, like do good for others. You yeah, know? sure. You got Captain America. Yeah, who is, who is literally yeah. just like... Do good for everything. everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like the self-sacrificing. His story, oh, yeah. you know, first story ends with him, you know. The, but but this is this a is, modern yeah, approach modern, yeah, on exactly. helping yeah. people out. Yeah. So I like that. It was like a good message, and I think that it came out really during a time where it was that message was needed. And, yeah. Um, I think Chadwell is his name. I can't, I'm definitely Chadwick. Chadwick. I'm yeah. just saying Chadwick. Oh. <laughs> Chadwick. He did it just a great job at, you know. Um, portraying such a strong character and then he had automatically this regalness but then yeah. also this everyday kind of vibe to him as mm-hmm. well as well he was just uh i mean every role he ever portrayed was just fantastic and uh i mean just a huge loss yeah. in uh you know the acting community and for i'm sure so many uh just young kids not even not even you know african-american but just you know just young kids that you know you saw plenty of i mean it was it was he was it was just it was just halloween recently like i mean you know you see kids Mm -hmm. white black asian latino doesn't matter dressed as black panther what that and what that and what that means and finally having someone uh, in that representation you know yeah so yeah very sad about that first ever cried celebrity passing yeah, and and just and and the fact, uh, you know, that he kept it, to, you know, to very, to like very such a small circle, you know, yeah. even the higher ups at at Disney, and like you just think of that as like a, you know, obviously huge conglomerate, you know, corporation, and like that he didn't let them know, and but they were, you know, uh, it's I'm very curious to see how that how they handle it and how they honor him, but I think they'll hopefully oh yeah, I hope hopefully they do, they'll it do it right. the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it was really sad to see that because you always like he. He never, I never would have thought that he had cancer. I yeah. literally thought he was like one of the strongest, like humans, you know. Yeah. But and he kept making movies up until the end. Crazy. I know. Like, I, I like have a cough one day and I'm like, I can't function. I gotta go home. <laughs> <laughs> well, last but not least, we got our little round called Gut Instinct. So this is just, uh, you know, whatever comes to your mind first. Oh, interesting. Okay. Favorite fast food? McDonald's. Ooh, nice. It's really funny. This is really messed up. (laughs) Okay. Um, you remember how I told you I have my poultry allergy? Mm -hmm. I'm can eat twenty piece chicken nuggets, no problem. Yeah. Well, I don't want to know what's. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to know what's in the nuggets. So let's uh, (laughs) take it to the bank. There's not poultry. Uh, go to alcoholic beverage. Ooh, mojito. Nice. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. I know it's refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a the proper I one uh how we just discussed food scenes. I know a food scene I talked in an episode was uh there's this movie called Thank You for Smoking. Mm-hmm. And uh the great actor Robert Duvall is in that movie and at one point he's explaining how you the secret to uh, a good is well it's for a mint julep, but it's the same thing for mojito is to take the mint leaf and mm-hmm. you know really press it in there yeah when i went to spain they were teaching me how to do it the right way and i was one like of my favorite I've, countries yeah literally makes yeah. the best mojitos <laughs> <laughs> favorite childhood snack i don't know why i'm saying gushers i know it's not but my mind is saying gushers <laughs> i don't know what's in those <laughs> Just like the nuggets. <laughs> uh, sweet or savory? Savory. That was instant. 
favorite food city uh, here in the States and then also international? Oh, States, New York City, because I've never been to the West Coast. So I've, oh, okay. It's really weird. I've never been to the West Coast. So New York have, City yeah, yeah. is probably the best. I was just saying, I haven't done the uh, the the Pacific Northwest, but I've done San Francisco, LA, San Diego. Oh, like I have never yeah. been further than Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> but I've gone to Asia, so it's like okay, I, yeah. I skipped that whole part. But um, yeah. out of state, um, out of country, uh, oof, it's a tie between Japan and Taiwan's night markets. Because mm. night markets food you just can't beat, and Japan literally has some of the best, like whatever, anything they do is so good. <laughs> Taiwan. I I haven't been to Taiwan. As I said, I've only been to uh, Thailand and briefly in Shanghai. So that's definitely going to be on my, on my list. Oh, you uh, have to go. All. Night markets. You would eat because the thing is like there, everything is like very cheap. It's like a dollar, two dollars yeah. maybe, and you just keep buying things off like street carts, and you're just like, this is so great. Yeah, yeah. The street food game <gasps> in uh, in Bangkok and Chiang Mai, but mm-hmm. like, but Bangkok was just I need insane. To go there. Just yes, it was awesome. Favorite cuisine? It sounds really a cliche, but I really like Japanese cuisine. Because right. it's the yeah. only cuisine I can never get sick of. So, I mean, Japanese cuisine, obviously, uh, obviously we're talking sushi. But to, to, you know, people that don't know, like what else, go, you know. Oh, yeah. Like nabe, which is like the soup broth with like mm-hmm. the pork in there. Like I love that because it's all subtle flavors. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a big flavorful person. Okay. But um, it's like a nabe, which is like just it's like a it's like a it's kind of like a hot pot with broth, and you like put stuff in there. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, it's like they have I can't eat it, but it's like karage, which is like you know fried chicken. <laughs> but like they have rice dishes with like just cooked salmon, and they mm-hmm. have like small little like daikon and like radishes there. Like I just love like subtle flavors of those, but it's like so focused on the flavor of things like yeah. the actual thing that i just can't I, I can't get sick of it that's uh danielle who you met <laughs> briefly um she was supposed to cover the olympics this past summer and that oh. was going to be in japan i don't know if i was going to go with her just because oh, you should 100%. well well, well no, no no the whole thing was because she'd be working the whole time oh you don't need someone you can then, just go <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah if i could stay in the room that she was staying in like have a free place to stay I definitely oh yeah like that. you don't need like if yeah. you travel like people would love just to talk to you which is yeah. what i loved about japan <laughs> oh there's like so much food I like yakisoba udon i can go on the list forever Guilty pleasure food. What what food are you indulging on that maybe you shouldn't be? Probably those chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite condiment? Oh, um, ketchup. Ketchup? Yeah. 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 I, it's really weird. People like it's like ketchup. I was like, I like ketchup fried rice. I don't know if you've ever had it. No. It's like ketchup. It's like pork belly and then onions. So you cook the onions first and uh. then. You cook the pork with the onions after, okay. and then you put the rice in there. And at the very end, when it's um, everything is like Melting about right, yeah, you put yeah. the ketchup in there, and then you let it sit until it gets crispy on the bottom. And like Ooh. caramelized ketchup is so good, but people are like that's disgusting. And I'm like, till you try it, <laughs> <laughs> and then it's addictive. It's really weird. I can make it for you sometime. Future dish at uh, Ichibanago. No one would understand. <laughs> Maybe secret menu item secret if you me- ask. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. What's the last thing you uh, had to eat? Oh, this morning. My grandpa's cooking. 
Yeah. My grandma's, it's so cute. My grandma's so worried about me working so much. She cooks me meals every single day. Aww. She like has my dad bring them to me. Grandmas are the best. I know. Like if my favorite cuisine could be my grandma's cooking, then yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. I, I'll take that. Yeah. Uh, cooking for yourself or, or, or dining out? Oh, that's hard. Oh, that's hard. That There's no instant thought. Yeah. Um, probably dining out because I can't cook for myself. Because if it's if it's a little question of cooking for myself and solely myself, mm-hmm. no. If I was cooking for a group of people, yes. But dining out, at least I get to try other people's food yeah. and then, you know, learn from it. Yeah. Oh, that's one of my favorite things, trying a dish and then trying to replicate it. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I love. I recent because I've never really cooked American food. Mm-hmm. It's always been Asian style cooking. I learned what reverse uh, reverse searing steaks are. Oh yeah, and I have never went back. <laughs> <laughs> Spirit food. What food embodies you? Your personality. French fries. Ooh. Yeah. To go on the go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess it's like um, I dress in many different ways. Okay, yeah. I yeah. dress fries in many different ways. Pommes frites. <laughs> pommes frites, or if you go to pommes frites, or New York, it's called pommes frites, right? Yeah, I think it is. It's like a store that specializes yeah. in just ketchup, um, not ketchup, fries only. Yeah. Yeah. Well, With the story. mayo and everything. Oh yeah. Like the very, the very. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a you know French Dutch way of yes. enjoying it, but yeah. Hot tempered. Um, has no nutritional value. <laughs> Put it in a container, get soggy. Get soggy, you know. <laughs> I just love French fries. It's like my spirit. I feel like that's my spirit food. Yeah. Because it's like good. It's like good, but it has no nutritional value. There you go. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, but <laughs> I, I like it. I like it. Um, if we go to a movie theater, what kind? Of, what kind of snack are we having? Like a dining one or like a regular? Uh, just your, your basics. Okay, your, I was like, oh, you're doing dining? No, nice yeah, your, your, ba- your basic uh, movie snack <sighs> concessions food. Probably the nacho and whatever that cheese is that I don't know what it is, but it's so Yeah, good. it's not cheese. It's like what nuggets are to chicken. This Yeah, cheese, this, what is this... it? Like, how do you make it? I don't know. I don't know if I want it. Do we want to know? No. That, that's the magical thing. No, that's the, that's the magical that. thing. Yeah. Okay. okay. And last but not least, you gave me a great lesson earlier when I was uh, when I asked you about you know uh, sushi pizza, sushi tacos. Just mm-hmm. try it. So if you uh, if you want to keep it to that, but uh, a great lesson you've learned when it comes to food. Oh, um... could be obviously one you've learned having your own business, or one you've obviously gotten eating out or cooking oh. or cooking for yourself. Could could be anything. Just a great lesson. I guess just try anything. You're not just eating, but like when you're cooking, when you're like cooking. Actually, I, have you ever watched Bon Appetit? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love Chris Morocco. He's like my personal hero. Mm-hmm. But like he tastes every single spice. So what I like to do is just taste every single spice. And yeah. then if I think it's going to go in, good in there, I'm just going to throw it in. And if it doesn't taste good, just don't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> so like just try anything if you're cooking. Like I've definitely cooked meals where it was definitely not edible. And if you probably eat it, you would probably not have a good day. <laughs> but I tried it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how all the great dishes are created. Like who knew that, um, what was the one dish that I... My friend, it's so gross. It is so gross. Like I can't repeat it how many ever times. He does an avocado toast with peanut b- almond butter and smoked salmon. Oh. I never thought it was going to be good. I thought it was going to be absolutely disgusting. He was just like, Jessica, you just have to try it. And I'm like, okay, fine. 
It is actually pretty damn good. <laughs> it's not something that obviously comes to mind. I mean, that's, I'm also not a, like you know a, a creative sh- chef or anything like that. But um, but also, but hearing it, I, I could I could see you know connect the dots on yeah. How, I mean, it's definitely something. Yeah, the t- the taste uh, and just w- would be something that I would definitely try. Which yeah, is, which which is just in the end, even you aren't you know thinking. I mean, what's I the, wouldn't think smoked salmon and peanut butter. That's where it yeah. just like hit me. Well, peanut like, butter or almond butter? Which one? Almond butter. So okay. almond butter. Okay. So almond butter and smoked salmon aren't a combination I would yes. ever put together or ever want to put together. Or that and avocado. Avocado. Yeah, that's a lot of the uh, the textures, the mouthfeel from that, <laughs> the, the, the sliminess from you know maybe oh, not, I shouldn't say slimy, but just the there's similar textures it's, between the salmon and the avocado, the slick, you know the. It's like that thing on top of your mouth that won't leave. <laughs> so I tried it and I was like, okay, fine, yeah. I get it. But it was literally because he was like, just do it, like just yeah. try whatever. So that's like the biggest lesson I learned. It's a great lesson. I know, but it also still grosses me out to say it, but it tastes so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jess, thank you so much for coming on Foodie Films. Thank this you was for this, me. this was a blast talking with you and getting to know you a little bit. I know, better. same here. Um, please, for the foodies right now, tell them where, where they can obviously find your store and uh, social media, all that good stuff. Oh, um, our store is in the Heights, um, 365 Palisade Avenue. It's between, uh, it's at the cross streets of Franklin and the Palisades. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can find our uh, Instagram at Ichiban Japanese Catering. It's still catering, not Ichiban to go, but Ichiban Japanese Catering. And that's the same handle on Facebook. Great. And our website is, it's the company name. So it's a big conglomerate company name, uh, Chuang Wen Inc., which is C-H-U-A-N-G-W-E-N-I-N-C. Well, thank you again for coming on. We have a little catchphrase to end every episode. It's there's more to cut, something that my grandmother would always say when a when a plate was getting sparse and there was more in the kitchen. Don't worry, there's more to cut. And I feel like that that just transcends into life, that there's always more there's more out there. Uh, so if you wouldn't mind telling the foodies that there's more to cut. There is definitely more to cut. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Yummy, yummy, yummy. I got love in my tummy. Such a sweet thing.